I'm Shivani Gupta. Namaste, everyone. Welcome to The Wealthy Podcast. I believe that one of the best presents that you can have in this life is to focus on your wellness, or as I like to call it, to become wealthy. Get inspired, challenged, and transformed. Welcome to The Wealthy Podcast. I am so excited about having um, Annika Vandenbroek, who is the founder and CEO of award-winning pet care brand Rufus & Coco. Now it is ranged in nine countries and it sells 2.5 products per minute. The brand recently celebrated its 12th birthday by launching into pets smart stores across the USA. In addition to solving every pet owner's problems, Annika also runs a forum connecting women in business. She personally mentors um, high growth businesses and is a mum. She's a passionate advocate for pet welfare, having owned more than 40 pets in her life herself, which is a lot, and we'll have to ask her about that, and has partnered with the Australian Pet Welfare Foundation to help in their mission to ensure that pets are welcome in rental properties and working towards zero euthanasia. Would you please uh, help me welcome Annika? Welcome. Thanks, Shivani. Great to be here. It is an amazing CV, um, Annika. So tell us a little bit about, you know, I guess your steps and the big stepping stones that have, um, that have been there in your journey. Um, I guess both from a personal and a personal and a, and a business perspective in terms of the turns that you've had. So how how did you get to be where you are today? Well, I think um, owning a small business has so many sort of champagne and razor blade moments, doesn't it? So I think um, the thing that I've been quite clear about is my passion and my passion is definitely pets. And you're right. I think that statistic of 40 pets is actually a bit undercooked. I, I would have to say it's about, it's about 50 pets. From a professional perspective, um, you know, I'm really proud to say that we are now a global brand. I mean, that's exceeded my expectations of where the brand would go when I, you know, first wrote it on a cocktail envelope in Bali that fine day. And there have been many steps that have been, um, you know, very challenging over that period, including um, just trying to get manufacturers to back you and try to get the brand started when actually you didn't even have the name of the brand. Yeah, so trying to get started with manufacturers, you know, in a way that they're not demanding these MOQs that you can't actually, you know, get going with. Um, that was certainly one key challenge. Uh, I think the second challenge would have been cracking grocery. You know, that took me four presentations over three years and took me to finally meet the buyer of Woolworths in Germany after I pretty much single-handedly built my stand with a, with a, with a hand drill. And, um, and, you know, it was just incredible. That was such a pivoting point. Um, and, you know, we are now the largest Australian brand in grocery. Um, you know, our competitors in that space are like Goliath. They're the large multinationals that dominate pet across the globe. Um, you know, certainly our distributor, I think in about year four dropped us or gave us 12 weeks and then dropped us. Um, and, you know, prior to that, we were a sales and marketing organization. So in 12 weeks, we had to learn, we had to get finance, a significant amount of finance for the business, well in excess of a million dollars. And, you know, I bootstrapped the business myself. Um, and we had to find, we had to become very good operationally and, um, and take on all the relationships with the customers ourselves. 
So that fundamentally changed the way that we go to market. Um, look, from a personal perspective, there have been sort of many turning points. You know, I think um, one of my most challenging was at the time, actually, that the distributor did drop her. So it was at about the same time I was getting divorced. Um, my cat was very sick and I had to find all this money. And, you know, it was, um, it was I'm very thankful for those, that moment. You know, they sort of say that you're, um, you know, it's kind of when you hit rock bottom, bottom that, you know, you kind of figure out actually what you really want to do. And I'm thankful for the fact that I got very clear on, on that there's really nothing else that I wanted to do than, than to build the brand Rufus & Coco, um, you know, with the overall mission of improving humanity one pet at a time, which is why I now dedicate so much of my time to advocating pet issues for um, trying to change, you know, um, some of the, some of the, things that stop people from owning pets, such as the tenancy and rental laws in Australia, um, and also enables us to sort of give back in a formidable way to organisations that are working to get to 0% euthanasia. That's incredible. Um, and Annika, just before we started the podcast recording, we were just talking about COVID and the impact that it's had on your business. Um, there's been varying impacts through COVID. Tell us a little bit about What's happened through COVID for you and the business? Well, like everyone, we braced ourselves, and um, certainly my priority was to protect the, our people. And because um, business is all about the people that are working alongside you to create the vision. Um, and you know what actually happened is in March we ended up with Christmas level sales, and not surprisingly, one of our products is cat litter. And it's, I suppose, the equivalent of um, human toilet paper, if you like. And we saw what happened with toilet paper at that time. So, you know, it meant um, working very hard to try to keep up with the growth, working very hard with our customers to find out what they really wanted from us at that time. You know, we were very concerned that um, a lot of the manufacturers and certainly the manufacturers are coming back online from COVID themselves in China. Um, and we work with manufacturers here as well, but even our distribution centres, we were concerned would close down. Um, so we worked very hard to make sure that we got stock loaded in to our customers in the event of some kind of closure or stoppage on the water or, um, and basically we've been um, experiencing at least 30% growth on last year um, on the month since COVID. So, you know, it's funny people, well, people often talk about pet being recession proof and, and now it's proven to be COVID proof. Um, and look, I think the thing that warms my heart is that, you know, there's all, everyone's um, best friends uh, sitting at, were sitting at home, um, pining away for their owners to get back. I think the best thing now is that, you know, the humans are home with their fur babies and, um, and you know, really sort of showing love and and getting the benefit of love of their of their pets yeah oh that's that's great and it's so great to hear a positive story too because that hasn't been the case for you know so many businesses and and uh, also some of the people you know we commonly know as well um Monica, my next question was around challenges you know they say that challenges form who you are and other times they do break us down in terms of 
what happened. So what are some of the challenges that have come along your way? You spoke about quite a few around financial and going through a divorce at the time and having to find a million dollars in funding, et cetera. What about challenging people? Like, you know, how the, who are some of the people that come along in your life? And when those challenges come, do you have like a process that you use to work on it? Do you have mantras? You know, where is your go-to when these challenges and challenging people hit your way? How do you go about it? Mm. Oh, gee, you're right. So many challenges when I sit and write them down. I think, um, you know, something I've been working on for years, um, Shivani, is my inner critical voice, you know, and there's a really great book, actually, that, that helps you sort of workshop your inner critical voice and, and trying to overcome and reframe in your mind. Because I actually think that, I mean, certainly something my father gifted me was that, was the mantra that you can do anything you want if you try. But in many ways, growing up, you know, the, the way I lived and, and the other message that was sent were very incongruent to that. But getting back to that mantra and actually genuinely believing and attaching to it is something that um, is key, I think. And so I work very hard on my, on my, um, my thoughts and, um, you know, I even to the point where, you know, I, I work with a hypnotherapist. If there's something that I feel that's hip holding me back, I'll go and speak to her and try and reframe it. Because um, a lot of these things are from our childhood. Uh, beyond that, you know, I'm very clear on my goals. I have um, my goals written down. I have my goals for the family written down. My children have their own goals. You know, we're very clear on, it's more like a happiness chart on what brings us happiness and what sort of leaks happiness. And, um, you know, we work hard as a family and I work hard for the business to make sure that we have the systems in place to deliver on those goals. Um, so speaking of systems, um, I'm a Nazi with time. Um, my whole day is chunked into time blocks and I do that intentionally because I think really the only thing that we have been gifted is time and um, it's up to us to use it wisely. Uh, the other things I do from a physical perspective, and it took me probably until that pivotal moment where, you know, I got, I was divorced, there were multiple challenges in the business, and it's taken me way too long to learn the lesson to put your own oxygen mask on first, um, to really work on your own health and well-being. And, you know, I always say that a good day starts with sweat. So usually I'm up at 6am, you know, running on the beach or in downward dog, um, and I spend my fair share of time journaling. Um, so if something comes up for me, I spend my fair share of time trying to really get out why, why, why. I keep asking myself the question because often what's presenting itself as the problem is actually not fundamentally the problem at all. That's awesome. I love the way that you said, I start my day with sweat and um, just to get yourself moving. And I know there are some people that have rituals about journaling, but it sounds like you may journal maybe even more than once. So if something has happened during the day and you need to process it, it's, do you almost use it as a bit of a processing tool? Yeah, I do. That? I do. I often put sort of down on the left-hand side what the problem is. Then I put down what, why I think it's a problem. And then I put down kind of on the right-hand side what I'm going to do, what are my options to deal with it? Like what are my options? And then basically choose an option. Because I think a lot of people kind of get stuck in ruminating on, you know, certainly my daughter who's a Gemini. I'm constantly trying to help her with making a decision. You know, she keeps going back over the same things and she's full of options. I'm like, look, Darling, just start doing one and you can always change your mind. <laughs> you know? 
I, I think we've got the same child. Um, I think I've got one of them too. She's a little bit cautious and worries about making the wrong decision. And mm. we keep having the conversation that there's no wrong decision. There's, uh, you know, decision A is uh, got pros and cons and decision B has pros and cons. But mm. uh, at 11, we're just working with that in terms of just making sure that that happens. Um, and Annika, you know, you sound like a planner. You sound like you're into vision boards. You're clear on your goals. We when you look at, and, and maybe this is a question now that you're coming through COVID with having some great growth through this period, when you go back and revisit what your aspirations are, and if you're redoing, you know, your goals now or your vision now, uh, both for yourself and your business, what does that look like? So what are you hoping for in the next, um, say, you know, 12 months or even up to three or five years? What are, what are some of the things that are on your list? Uh, look, from a, from a vision or mission perspective for the business, you know, it really is about improving humanity one pet at a time. And I feel that we have the, we've got, been given the opportunity to provide a voice um, in support of pet related issues around the world. And um, I feel it's our opportunity to, to use that with the aim to help people um, own pets because it's been proven time and time again that pets are actually good for our physical and our mental well-being. In fact, in Australia, they, re they save um, the government $4.2 billion in costs every year because they, they really do help with, um, you know, that's been measured and marked. So I think... $4.2 um, billion. You know, $4.2 billion. Wow. That's huge. Yeah, they get I didn't realise that that was... Such they provide support, you know, like there's, I mean, even they've even shown Savani, it's fabulous, that if you pet an animal for like five minutes, you get an increase in the feel-good hormones in your saliva. So it's actually been like, I just love that. There are so many great examples um, of that. So, um, you know, I think it's therefore an injustice that people that aren't, they're in tenanted and rented accommodation cannot keep a pet. You know, in Australia, we have 5% of properties that are advertised as allowing to have a pet. In America, that's 60%. Uh, why is that when these landlords are keeping bonds and that we have to make good on property anyway? You know, why is it that we can't bring our pets with us, um, you know, to more places if they're like our best friend? Uh, so I think the other thing is, you know, we've got, uh, I think as we grow, um, you know, we see ourselves tripling the size of the business over the next five years. Uh, a lot of that growth will come out of future growth in global. Uh, we're not across Europe yet. And I see that as a significant opportunity. And as we grow, so does our ability to give back. So we give back to the Australian Pet Welfare Foundation. Uh, their mission is to get to 0% euthanasia in Australia. Uh, currently, 100,000 animals that are well are euthanized each year. Um, so we would like to work with them to get that to zero. Um, you know, and I see ourselves establishing a, a stronger consumer division. Last year, we launched the fur salon, which is a high-end grooming salon, fancy pantsy salon it's gorgeous just like a human hair salon and um, you know it's going really well and I see that we can extend those across Australia um, and of course we're working hard to create natural innovative products um, such as our Wikidi litter which is 
you know, we've got two variants made from natural derivatives that are actually flushable. So they, each cat in Australia, or each cat, um, generates about 200 kilos of waste a year through in its cat litter. We have 4 million cats in Australia. That's a lot of wastage. If we can, through these natural solutions, you know, actually have a smaller paw print on the planet, then I think that's, um, that's a worthy mission. That's incredible. That's incredible. There's some really, really big goals there. Um, and I love them, um, both in your personal and your, and your business life. And I know you talked a little bit about your wellness in terms of starting the day with sweat. You talked about either you'll be running or you'll be, you know, in a downward dog doing some yoga. And, and we both know also that as your business grows, like you need a different set of things. Um, you know, you have to structure your business differently as it grows and as you're growing through the US and you said you haven't even touched um, Europe yet. Um, but what else do you start to go as I grow this business and it's starting to have phenomenal growth already? What do, I, what do I need to do differently with my wellness rituals? What do I need to do more off, less off? And so as your business starts to grow, and um, what are some of the things you're hoping to do differently or you think that from a wellness perspective, you either, you know, either need to almost go up a level in terms of where you are today? Yeah, it's a really great question. I actually think it's, um, I'm going to say that, you know, growing as we have been has really challenged my leadership skills because you have more people on the bus. And the thing is, you can't manage everyone directly anymore. Um, you know, you need to have very good systems in place to manage everyone to do what they're actually paid to do, you know, and um, so lots of things there, Shivani. From a personal level, um, you know, I belong to a group called the Entrepreneurs' Organisation and that connects me to over 14,000 entrepreneurs around the world and about 150 entrepreneurs within Sydney and you know, Jim Rohn says you're the average of the five people that you surround yourself with. And I really believe it because I think when you have bigger business problems, you need to speak to people that do bigger business so you can understand what they recommend. Um, so to that end, I think mentors are key, finding people that um, can actually support you with, that have the expertise in the areas that you need help with. Um, and, and I think from a personal perspective, I actually think it's about doing less. And, and probably this is something that one of my friends reminded me this morning, although, you know, probably at the time I could have thrown, a, thrown something at him, is that actually, I actually need to make more time to kind of do less and think more. And so actually, that's my challenge is clearing out some of the diary to do more thinking. Um. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Because I was listening to a great webinar the other day and uh, the person was saying, look, as your business grows, you've got to do things differently. And um, and I know when I'm always saying yes to some something and I've got a business mentor that it's always saying, oh, that's great, Shivani, that you're going to take that on. What are you going to get rid of? And I go, oh, I haven't thought about the getting rid of thing very well. Yeah, the same problem. <laughs> <laughs> we just keep kind of piling on saying, oh, that's a great idea. Let's add that in. Let's add that in. So... I know the conversation I've had with my mentor a few times, like, oh, that's great. And so what are you going to let go of? And it's something I've got to do a fair bit of work on too. Annika, um, you and I could spend all day talking 
thing and I'd, I'd love to create that one day that we actually have that day sitting by the poolside, sipping something nice and having those conversations. Um, if people want to follow you, but also your business and the brand, um, as you were talking about for me and cats, I'm like, yes, we have two of them in our household who are very, very much loved. Um, and uh, certainly I've been spending a lot more time with the fur babies at home now that the kids are back at school as well and working from home. And uh, tell us about how people can contact you, what they can follow, but also some of the great advocacy work that you're doing. Um, tell us a little bit about where people can follow some of those amazing inputs that you're having into, um, you know, into the world. Okay, perfect, thank you. Um, well, we'd love, we'd love to um, connect to everyone that's interested. So certainly we, you'll find us on LinkedIn. Um, we're also on, you know, Facebook. Um, we have various, and Instagram. So it's just Rufus and Coco, or we have We Kitty Lita. Um, certainly for me, I'm, I'm on, also on Insta, Annika Vandenbroek. Um, it's a bit, bit tricky to spell, but, but, um, I'll post but that I'm at sure we've written down somewhere here so yeah. people can actually get the spelling right of that. <laughs> Um, yes, but certainly any ideas that people have to, um, you know, on, on challenges that they're having with their own animals or products that they'd like us to create or, you know, feedback that they have in general, we, we'd absolutely love to hear from them. Oh, that's amazing. And Kate, it is such a pleasure to speak to you. It's so lovely to connect with you. Thank you for your time today and being on the Wealthy Podcast. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Shivani. I'm Shivani Gupta, and you've been listening to The Wealthy Podcast. Thank you for listening. Follow Wealthy on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And if you haven't yet, go to the Opera Podcast and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Namaste.